Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by listeners like you, who believe in the vital public service WRFA provides through its arts and education programming, as well as through our coverage of local news and public affairs. Plus, your generous support lets us provide a number of volunteer-based programs to be shared on our airwaves. Help keep community radio in Jamestown and Chautauqua County alive by making a contribution today. To make a tax-deductible donation or learn more about becoming a station underwriter, use the donate page on our website, wrfalp.com, or send a check to WRFA Radio, 116 East 3rd Street, Jamestown, New York. Or you can call 716-664-2465. Chautauqua County Executive P.J. Wendell gives his reaction to the news of the closing of Lutheran's Nursing Home, Election Day, and more. We're joined by Chautauqua County Executive P.J. Wendell in the WRFA studio. Say hello. How are you? I'm doing great, Julie. Thanks for having me. So we're, we're unfortunately going to start out with not so great news. We had the news that broke yesterday morning that Lutheran Social Services will be closing its nursing home and rehabilitation in January 2nd, uh, 2024. And this is going to require 49 residents to find new homes and will result in 106 employees losing their jobs. You had, you had put out a statement yesterday expressing your, and it was a quote, deep disappointment in the news and so what what are your thoughts on this uh it was it was shocking you know as, as we all uh, there was an event yesterday with a couple of other leaders uh, in the community and and we were all talking that really nobody had any you know forewarning if you will that just it came out at 11 o'clock i was with senator borello and myself and we were discussing back and forth and you know no one had reached out to my office uh you know we've had other uh other nursing homes uh contact the office you know heritage reached out and, and talked about some restructuring they've done uh, but we hadn't heard anything from lutheran so uh, again it's disappointing uh, i do have a meeting scheduled tomorrow with tom holt so uh, you know i'll you know get some information directly from their ceo and, and understand what's happening and what ways we can assist and uh you know where they are in this path i'm, I'm not exactly sure um but you know the there's the nursing home business has become very challenging. You know, there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, former Governor Cuomo made a lot of cuts to reimbursements, and that really impacts the financial viability of, of these these facilities. So, um, you know, I don't know where things are going to be. We'll sit down tomorrow and have a good conversation, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, as we said, you know, Office for the Aging uh, will reach out and, you know, assist at where and how we can. I'm not really sure what can be done. Uh, but, you know, we'll lend assistance. But, you know, that's really devastating for the families and the employees. I mean, those are, you know, is that what you want to hear coming into the Christmas season that, you know, your Thanksgiving's a couple weeks away and, you know, there's going to be some hits, uh, you know, to your job come January 2nd or if not sooner. So uh, very disappointing, discouraging, but hopefully we can, uh, you know, see there's there's some sort of a, a bright spot at the end of this tunnel. And, you know, we'll work as hard as we can to, to make things happen. Have you, you mentioned that you've heard from Heritage, you know, before this, but are you hearing from um, nursing homes in the county that they're experiencing these same issues with not having enough patients or they're having issues, you know, with the Medicaid reimbursement issue? We have not heard. Uh, you know, they just, you know, Heritage was excited that they've done some, you know, restructuring um, and shared that, shared that with my office. Um, Nobody else has really reached out. We've, we've heard a lot of, you know, positive things. We've, you know, other nursing homes have contacted us telling us that where things are. And there's been some new leadership in, in several surrounding, um, you know, nursing homes. So, you know, again, we'll, we'll sit down and look at this. There are, you know, organizations that review this and, you know, look into the matters. But it's unfortunate. But, again, we'll, uh, we'll do what we can and move forward. Mm -hmm. 
We're a week and a half past the uh, election day now, and while a couple of races, including Mayor of Dunkirk and Legislative District 1, won't be decided until absentee ballots are counted on November 20th, there were some other races that were more definitive, like here in Jamestown for our mayor. What, what is your reaction to uh, the election results? Well, all I could say is the people spoke, right? We, we could say, uh, you know, in, in past there's been, you know, post-election remarks, people, I, I don't understand what happened. Well, the people have made their decisions. They've looked at, you know, what has happened or what hasn't happened. They looked at, you know, the candidates, what they bring to the table. And you know they spoke and it's really what this is all about it's the you know the um uh you know it's the free you know the free voting that we have in in the united, the united states uh i know there was a big push uh you know in the town of ellicott you know renew ellicott and there was some uh you know a lot of discussion that came about there and and the voters you know spoke again this is you know where we want so but but i think you know, and I, I whoever says this, and it may be contentious, but for coming for me and, and, and my, you know, with my, you know, being a Republican, but we have to deal with these results. They are what they are, right? If if there's a loss, there's a loss. You know, we, we, we lost a seat in the legislature. Um, and, and of course, I, I believe Elizabeth did a great job and, and she was defeated and in, in the, the people in the district spoke. And we have to go with that, right? Whether we like it or not, that's the decision that the residents have made. So, um, you know, right now, uh, as we sit, um, you know, it was kind of a push. We lost one seat, we gained a seat, you know, both obviously here in the city of Jamestown. Um, there is still one seat contested, that's in District 1 uh, in, in Dunkirk. So, you know, whatever the decisions are, we're going to take those and move on, right? We have, you know, business to attend to and that's our, our focus. Um, here in the city of Jamestown, there is gonna be a significant change. Uh, you know, Kim Eklund brings a wealth of experience, you know, 20 plus years in city government. Um, she has been the fiscal leader of, of Jamestown for many, many years. And I, th I think she's a very qualified candidate. You know, um, I've known Kim personally for many years now, but but as a, a leader in the community, uh, you know, we said she's she's garnered support and a great deal of support as the at-large councilman uh, for many years now. Um, so again, I, I look forward to, you know, working with Kim in the future. Um, <clears throat> in the city of Dunkirk, you know, whoever wins, again, I'm going to be working with hand in hand with those individuals. And yes, we want to increase the working relationship between the county and the two cities. It's, it's, it's imperative going forward. You know, the, the idea that there was some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of gap or some sort of division. You know, again, we reached out, the county reached out, you know, whether or not, you know, there was a lot of uh, kumbaya and working with the administrations is, is in the, the eyes of others individuals. But, you know, there has, uh, you know, going back to ARPA, I, I, I strongly disagree. You know, I met with both mayors, asked if they wanted, if, how can we partner, how can we move forward, leverage our money for bigger projects, and both said we're, we're moving in our own direction. And that's, that's where we went. And then, you know, to see a, a piece coming back was a little disappointing. But, you know, nonetheless, we move forward. And right now, you know, uh, not only does, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, change that's going to take place in City Hall. There's a lot of positions that were appointed by Mayor Sundquist, so now there'll be, um, you know, new positions, new, uh, you know, people in, in City Hall uh, under Mayor Eklund, and I'm excited. Uh, you know, the second female mayor uh, in the city of Jamestown is something to be very proud of, and, you know, she ran a very solid campaign, uh, not mudslinging. She ran on the facts, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the voters decided, the voters spoke, and we'll move on, and, uh, you know, we'll look forward for the next four years. With the county legislature, I mean, really, I mean, even though there are some changes that came out of city of Jamestown, really the Re Republicans will maintain their supermajority. So do you really see much changing there? It's just kind of like it'll be continuation of 
what you've has been established over the last couple of years? Certainly, but you know the argument that's been is that you know really this this legislature is a rubber stamp and it's just nobody questions anything and and to the contrary, you know we have a great working relationship with uh, both sides of the aisle. Um, always had with with Chuck Nazaro again with Bob Binkowski, minority leader. There isn't this, you know, the opposition wants to put out this you know this you know public image of, of a constant opposition that there's must be something you know that we're not doing. Yeah, look at what's happened. You know, we've lowered taxes, you know, incredibly this year. We've we've lowered taxes the last three years. Um, we have a solid, uh, you know, fund balance. It, and what was interesting, the many things that I was criticized in my budget were the many things that people supported in the city of Jamestown's budget. So, you know, we had a $1.8 million levy increase. They had 1.2. Well, county executive, that's $600,000 less, certainly. Our budget's 294 million, theirs is 40 million. So percentage-wise, a little bit more of an increase. You know, we've talked and we're criticized and, and, and misled that we've overtaxed the residents of Chautauqua County because we have a fund balance. I've said to people before, if you look at that fund balance, the money that has gone in is not local share money. That is one-time revenues, sales tax revenues, grants, different things that have come in, our occupancy tax, our Sales tax, excuse me, not occupancy tax. Sales taxes has exceeded. We had tribal compacts. We had a five million dollar uh, kind of reconciliation of our um, uh, tax foreclosure auction that didn't take place for three years. So there were one-offs. This isn't you know the county's just stashing money away, and we spent that down over the last two years. So, but again, well, the city had a robust fund behind it. And it's, it's, it was a tale of two stories, right? You know, one, there's criticism for what we've done and the other one, there's applaud for the same thing. So at the end of the day, you know, the county is moving forward. We have some great things that'll be announced after the first of the year. Um, we have used our ARPA funds and leveraged more money and we'll be, have more uh, announcements coming forward with that. But all in all, you know, again, I look forward to another working relationship with, with the Democrats and the county legislature, moving forward with some initiatives that we've already started and looking forward to some new things coming up. You know, we have a, a large uh, shovel-ready site that's that's being taking place in, in Ripley. And, you know, people criticize that. Well, why aren't you doing something in Jamestown? Any abandoned factory right now is shovel-ready. I mean, there's water, there's sewer, there's electric, there's natural gas if it's already hooked up. So shovel-ready means they can come in and get started. Those amenities are already here in Jamestown. So the, the comment is we need to have more here. We have them here. It's a matter of do people want to invest in a lot of the newer construction for manufacturing is a single story. You know, they don't have the three and four story factories like we did in the past. So, you know, that is up to the, the, the developer, that's up to the manufacturer. And, and, you know, you look and there's a lot of, there's a lot of space in Chautauqua County. There's a lot of, you know, uh, I, I just drive that, you know, Baker Street extension from the city line up to Southwestern Drive. There's some rolling hills, you know, is that, you know, is that conducive for, you know, a large manufacturer? I don't know. And people probably don't want a large manufacturing firm in their backyard. But, um, you know, we need to look. There are options we have here in Chautauqua County, but we want to make sure that those are viable. We want to make sure that we can attract people. And we want to make sure that we have a business climate that is inviting to industry. And talking about the Ripley uh, site, you've just recently got some state money for phase one of uh, that site. Right. You know, there's been a lot of criticism, right, of, of, of the uh, the IDA, right? You know, they were criticized, you know, the I, the ABO Authority Budget Office came in and passed some recommendations that people felt was the, the fate uh, of the IDA. And to the contrary, and I asked people, if this was such a daunting and such a, uh, a black eye to the IDA, why did the state turn around and give them $5.2 million? 
You know, if you look at, um, you know, the Small Business Administration, you know, early on in 2020 gave them $10 million. And now the state turns around, even after the ABO, you know, produced their audit, they still turn around and gave them $5.2 million. So that the state sees what our IDA is doing. And over 110 IDAs in the state, I would say we're probably one of the top 10 IDAs in New York State as far as what we've done and the, the businesses we developed. We're, we're looking at the numbers, but right now, I believe in 2023, we have near, well, close to, if not over $1 billion of investment in industry here in Chautauqua County. So that's something, you know, we take great pride in, and there's still more work to be done. So we're gonna continue to work with businesses. We continue outreach to existing businesses. How can we help? How can we assist you? Um, you know, there's, there's there was a some there was a business locally that you know Empire State Development came in spoke to them and they did apply for grant money they were able to succeed, successfully get that grant so it was good to see that the connection the grant application the the award of that grant so it's good to see that follow through in the process and people are investing in the state realizes that we are a sound economic area and there is a great reason to invest here in Chautauqua County. Mm-hmm. Jamestown Community College President Dr. Daniel DeMartin and others recently just presented their proposal for a multi-sport complex, including Dietrich Stadium, to Jamestown City Council at their November 13th work session. DeMart cited a December 8th deadline to apply to SUNY for funding that would require the city to provide some kind of letter of intent saying they would transfer the property, that being the stadium, as well as possibly, and it sounded like some they were looking for some sort of similar letter from county government and the county legislature expressing an agreement to bond for funding. We're, I mean, we're kind of, we're getting really close to December 8th. Where, where are you standing on this? Well, again, this, you know, last year's budget, uh, there was a request for 900000 We put it in. The legislature decided to remove that. And, um, you know, the statements came of that, that they were looking into supporting, you know, future endeavors. Um, but, you know, those numbers really were not provided at the time. Right now, and I've said this to President DeMar, and he and I speak often on the situation, we cannot move forward until we understand what that relationship is with the property itself. Who owns it? Who's going to maintain it? That's an issue between the city and the college. Until that is solved, we can't make any decisions, right? Because we don't want to push this, you know, as we're the, you know, the big guy then pushing this to happen. We understand there's deadlines. We understand there, you know, a delay in a response could mean a delay in the project. But these are things that have to happen. You know, all good things take time. If this is something we're, we want to do and we want to move forward on, and there are commitments from everybody, then we need to do it in, in with due diligence. Okay, we can't just rush something through. The county, you know, has been supportive of this project. I, I'm a little concerned with a $7.5 million price tag, and I've not been quiet. That's I've shared that with the president. That's a large number. Um, the statement that the county will bond, that's something we're not going to take $7.5 million out of fund balance. Um, it's something we would have to bond. We would have to go out to bond for that. So, um, but there has been no commitment. and. Our meeting was last night. I don't see us coming together and meeting before December 8th to, you know, to draft a letter. And that letter has to come from the entire legislature. I can't speak on behalf of the legislature because everything going forward with this, appropriations, you know, entering into bond agreements and so forth, that all takes acts of the legislature. So, um, you know, it, it's unfortunate we're at this, this juncture right now, but um, again, we're gonna take our time. We're gonna do this the right way. So the Dunkirk Observer had an update, in fact it was in this morning's paper, about the possibility of Amtrak 
putting it in a train stop in Chautauqua County and well the answer to that is they're not going to so I, we had talked in the past about that they maybe were looking at Westfield or they were looking at Dunkirk so I, I can't I, I you hadn't seen the story before we met and then I so I had to break the bad news to you so yeah. what, what do you what are your reactions to this very disappointed you know obviously I uh, you know we were first contacted in 2022 and Amtrak said there will be a stop in Chautauqua County. Uh, at that time, they were looking at Westfield and at the time, you know, the city of Dunkirk spoke up and, you know, uh, requested that Dunkirk be considered. And, you know, again, we weren't picking. It's Amtrak's decision. It's Amtrak who's going to fund this, Amtrak who's going to be paying for things. But at the end of the day, we still have two great places as a stop in, you know, along the Amtrak line. Um, disappointed in the response we got from Amtrak that they're not considering. Um, sad when they tell us, you know, you get excited that we will make us, we will have a stop in Chautauqua County was the words from 2022. And, you know, you know, both, uh, you know, I know city of, Dun city of Dunkirk and, you know, village of Westfield were excited about the opportunity. Um, and then nothing, you know, and, and there was some sort of uh, organic because you know, Amtrak reached out, to, reached out to Westfield is how this started. You know, I was informed by people from Westfield that, you know, Amtrak had reached out to them, you know, about sidings and, and um, you know, the existing train station that's been refurbished there and could it be repurposed, et cetera. So, again, it wasn't, the excitement was, uh, you know, neither group went out there, you know, facilitating this, but Amtrak came to them. And now Amtrak to pull the rug out and say, we're not going to do it. It's disappointing. But like everything else, you know, we'll make sure that we are ready should, you know, something change and, and we'll be in a, in a good position. Um, it's unfortunate, really, really unfortunate, because I feel that, um, you know, a lot of a lot of other people I talk to, you know, travel by train. I know my daughter in Europe, that's really how they got around. Um, but unfortunately, the, it, it I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed that Amtrak said yes, and then they're, you know, at the eleventh hour, or whatever, they're going to pull it out and say no. And but that's, you know, that's what happens at higher levels. We just sometimes have to, you know, take what we're given. Mm -hmm. The uh, between the county legislature passing a resolution <coughs> last night to use fifty thousand dollars in bed tax revenues to purchase branded solar eclipse glasses. And then there was a, talking about the Dunkirk Observer still. They had a story about the town of Sheridan officials being concerned about safety issues in April 2024. Well, what is happening in Chautauqua County in April 2024? We well, haven't talked about this much, but yeah. Yeah, you know what? Let me tell you, this this isn't doomsday prepping. This isn't a hypothesis. This will happen, right? They, they know um, that on April 8th at 3.16 p.m. in Chautauqua County, I think it starts in Ripley, we will be in what they call the path of totality. So we will see um, darkness. You know, we are told that it will look like midnight at three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, it's a. It's not going to happen here in Chautauqua County for another 125 years. So it's a once in a lifetime experience. Um, yeah, I'd be guaranteed there's not anybody's going to see the next one. Um, but never say never, right? Uh, but you know, we are looking at means uh, of, um, you know providing uh, some safety, you know, the glasses. I can't stress enough, you know, if people are gonna purchase things on their own, <coughs> make sure that they are certified for the right um, type of light exposure. The intensity of that light is, is phenomenal. Basically, you need welding glasses, what we're doing right now is we've re reached out to some uh, manufacturers and have been assured that the glasses we have are certified to to, to view those. Um, you know, where do we come up with fifty thousand? We're looking, uh, you know, a lot of 
a lot of questions came back and forth. Media reached out and said, well, you know, Erie County is providing 300,000 glasses for their residents. That's a third of, uh, of their residents. They have 900,000 residents, so they're providing a third. So, you know, we have 126,000, 27 people, and, you know, we're looking to purchase 50,000 glasses. So a little bit more than a third on our end. But nonetheless, um, you know, there'll be... Uh, activities throughout Chautauqua County, um, different places to view it. You know, I ask everybody to please listen to our PSAs as they will start to come out after the first of the year. But, uh, you know, if you look at, you know, if you look at the hospitality industry and our, our hotels and motels, Airbnbs, etc., cetera, uh, the city of Jamestown, you can't find places uh, to, to uh, stay that weekend. Uh, I know there were some packages, I was told most recently, in downtown Jamestown, two nights for $900. That's a pretty substantial price tag. Um, we were told there would be rooms uh, $1,100 a night. Uh, as, uh, But I'm told you can't find a room here in, in Jamestown. Uh, I've been told um, that several uh, facilities, um, I think right now I was on with the uh, Chautauqua property owners, uh, and about 75% of the rentable property in the institution has actually been booked for that week. And it's really a long weekend. It's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday's the actual event. And then, you know, uh, it'll all be done by, by 4 o'clock on, roughly about 4 o'clock on Monday. We're asking people to come early, stay late, because if, you know, they're talking ha nearly a million people on, on the interstate and Route 86 that afternoon or that day and potentially that weekend, making sure that if people stop to witness it, it's going to be gridlock traffic, you know. So we're really concerned. Uh, you know, there have been some um, some recommendations coming out from emergency services. I know several of the school districts have um, considered closing. Uh, we're looking at things in the county as far as uh, do we use an inclement weather day? Do individuals, um, you know, we still continue to provide services. But, um, you know, the, what we're focused on right now, and I've, I've shared this with school districts, um, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, most middle high schools have already been dismissed but you're working on your elementary schools. Many districts require those same buses to do the early routes to come back and provide the later routes. If they're stuck in traffic for any reason, what's gonna happen with those later routes? What are you gonna do for a young child, kindergarten, first and second grader who's being dismissed at nine o'clock at night? To them, it's what looks dark out. Um, you know, and what happens if they're caught in traffic? We don't know, you know, what's going to happen if, if our main arteries, you know, 86 and 90, what's going to happen to the, you know, the back roads, if you will, 430, 380, um, you know, different roads are probably going to be seen. And of course, Waze and uh, MapQuest are going to send you the, the most, uh, the least uh, restricted path. So there's going to be a lot of people throughout Chautauqua County. So what happens if you have a young person that's, you know, on a bus for an hour or two hours more? There's just so many questions that might come along. There's a lot of what ifs. So what if we just, you know, take some serious precautions prior to that? Um, best to my knowledge, I don't know if any school district have maxed out or exceeded their snow days in the last couple of years. Uh, you know, this time, many years, uh, we've we've already used snow days, and unfortunately, <laughs> luckily, we haven't used them yet. So, uh, it, it's a real deal, right? This isn't this isn't something that people think might happen. You know, it's it's not uh, it's not like you know uh, you know you know the Y two K when we thought the world was going to stop at midnight on on uh, two thousand, the year two thousand. But um, we do know from past history, this one of these events took place down in the Nashville, Tennessee area um, in twenty seventeen. Gas stations sold out of gas, you know, restaurants ran out of food, travel took, uh, one, one of our dispatchers spoke that it took them 11 hours to go 10 miles. 
because traffic was that backed up. Now, we're not Nashville, obviously, but we are in that path of totality. Uh, concerns we have is um, if Chautauqua Lake is open, how many people will be on the lake? At uh, that time of year in April, we have you know some of that, um, I don't want to say black ice, but there's ice out there could be floating that people don't see until they're stuck on it. We've had cases where cat, you know, canoers go out earlier, people go out and, you know, get get stuck on some ice and might be floating. And and if there is ice, you know, we urge people. We have to wait and see, right? But I urge people not to be out on the lake um, because the ice at that point isn't always very safe and structural. Uh, you know, one person, two people watching, you have 50 people out, then you have 50 people go through the water in a frozen day, creates a giant problem. Uh, very, it's, a, it's a safety hazard. And lest we forget Lake Erie, they're talking thousands of boats on Lake Erie because that is the path of totality. So yeah, there's a lot of questions, but it's the real deal. You know, we, we are looking, um, there are some things we'll be announcing. I know there'll be some uh, fly-in events at the airport. Um, we're all bracing for what could happen, something will happen, you know, and what we're looking at is what will the economic, uh, you know, boom be from this activity. So um, uh, our emergency services director, Noel Gutman's been uh, working diligently. We're, we've reached out to our vacation, um, Chautauqua County Vacation Bureau, other businesses have been involved in this. So, um, you know, we are sharing some truthful information. Um, we have been diligent in this process so far. And we just ask people, listen to what we're telling you and, you know, listen to the cautions and precautions going forward and hopefully it'll be a good event and uh we'll we'll see something we will never see again in our lifetime right yeah we because we definitely we missed out on this the full totality of the solar eclipse in 2017 i, I remember mm -hmm. watching it you know through a pinhole you know uh box situation in, yeah. in offices and it, it wasn't quite the same as <coughs> my friends who lived in indiana and in indianapolis but yeah i, I guess the, the other thing that we'll have to worry about is what if it's it's a cloudy day? Because it's <laughs> it's Western New York. The chances that it could be cloudy in April. <laughs> well, here's what I can tell you. Even Noel Gutman has said the the uh, it's a fifty fifty at that time of year that we do have clear skies. So, uh, the, if I'm not mistaken, please don't quote me those listening. But the um, historical data for the last several years that is on that day we've had clear skies. But as you said, you know, you, you plan your weekend to come here and that, that you know, mid uh, spring, that early spring uh, cloudy day comes in, which, uh, but even if there is a cloud cover, you'll still see that, that darkness. Uh, you, you, that won't be, uh, that won't be, a, you know, you won't be able to miss that. So it'll be unique. I think it's something really neat and cool and exciting, but it brings, uh, you know, some some trepidation and some concern going forward. Sure, I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking about it more in the coming months as um, more activities are announced and more other safety precautions uh, are so, known that are going to be happening. So, as we talk, Thanksgiving is one yeah. week from today, and I want to ask you, as a county executive, what are you thankful for? You know, that's a hard question. It's a, <laughs> it's it's easier, harder than the questions we've talked about, right? Um, yeah, I'm thankful for everything, you know, family, friends, um, thankful for the, the position I've been put in, thankful for the people around me, uh, you know, only my family, my friends, you know, those I've, I've uh, become close with, those that work closely with me in county government, uh, the residents of our county, uh, just thankful for everything, really, you know, for the, the relationships I've uh, that have grown, that I've created in this job. I'm thankful for where we are as a county right now, where we're going in the future. Um, you know, I'm thankful that, you know, we aren't faced with what they're faced with in Europe or, you know, the Middle East or in the Ukraine, you know, where we have war, where we have, you know, a conflict going on. 
I'm thankful right now in, in, in this area, especially in Chautauqua County, that we don't have those national issues, you know, that are plaguing other communities that we have, you know, worked with one another. We are, you know, compassionate people that, that do what we can for our neighbors. And yeah, I, there are some that are, you know, much less fortunate than I am. Um, you know, there's some that are going to be alone. There's some that are going to be, you know, without food or in need of food on, on Thanksgiving. So. You know, do what you can for your neighbors. Do what you can to, you know, provide assistance to those um, who have less than, than we do. And, you know, it, it's it's kind of one of those days. It's kind of emotional. You know, you're excited, but then, you you know, you happen to drive by and you'll see, a, you know, something going on. Or you hear of a family that's, you know, dealing with some struggles or, you know. I mean, I'm, let's face it, you know, there's there's always, there will be bad things that happen. You know, unfortunately, there will be people that leave this earth on Thanksgiving or just prior to that. So there will be families dealing with some, you know, tough adversity. But, you know, I know a family, uh, a good friend of mine just had a, a, give a shout out, had a lung transplant. So I think Thanksgiving this year is going to be uh, especially thankful for everything that they've had. And, you know, I just ask everybody to take a moment and really, you know, whoever you pray to, you know, thank them for what you have. And really be, be thankful that day. And, and uh, you know, we're, um, we're going to be visiting our daughter the first time. <laughs> you know, uh, she's, it's actually the closest she's been when she's not been home. Uh, uh, she's down in the just uh, D.C. area. So uh, we'll be taking some time to visit her. But you know, spending time with family and friends this weekend before we head out. And really uh, you know, being thankful for what we have. All right. Well, I'm thankful that you've continued to join us every month to keep us updated on what's happening with the county. So County Executive Wendell, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you.